Political partying. <laughs> that is our official theme song. Oh, thank God. Oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> second episode of political partying uh we're all done we're, we're done with weddings we're done with honeymoons we're done with all this other post-covid bullshit we're done with each other we're yeah done with everything. <laughs> it's time to fucking drink and podcast uh i am matt with me is Corey demarco and campbell yeah buddy we are fucking ready to rock and roll uh we are here today to talk to you about the topic. Well, first of all, let's back up for a second because we've only had one episode. Let's let's get back into it. You know, we talked about in our first episode sort of the the rhythm and the theme and the motion we were going to have on this. Uh, each episode was going to be a uh, different topic related to politics, and we're going to give you some facts, give you some opinions, and laugh and fucking joke about how absurd it all is. Uh, so our topic for this week, we want to tackle the topic of political identity. So... The definition of political identity is a political approach wherein people of a particular gender, religion, race, social background, class, or other identifying factors develop political agendas based around one or more of these. Going back to the phone definition thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, we come with we come prepared with notes to this podcast. I like when he runs out of notes. That's, 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 that's you could only have so many notes. Yeah. So so we want to we want to tackle this from. From two different perspectives, the first one being the actual, let's call it textbook. I'm assuming that was like a Wikipedia definition, right? Yeah, the Wikipedia definition. Yeah, the 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 modern day textbook, let's call it definition of uh, of political identity and how that all works out. But we mainly want to focus on the sort of other side of this coin, and I'm going to just call it like the toxic side of this coin, because the way you, Corey, just defined political identity makes it sound like it is a very valuable and important thing in the realm of politics. But as we all know, just from looking at the state of the world coming off of a very, you know, quote unquote, contentious election, however you want to fucking put it, um, there, it goes a lot deeper than that. So for those of you marathoning both episodes of Political Party, and you'll remember our last episode, uh, was the difference between conservatives and liberals and, and sort of following a strict definition and then the maturation of what that definition has become in, in 2021. As, as with political identities, you tend to see that sort of conservative standpoint of feeling like you are in an in-group. And that feeds into the, the human nature of, you know, I am part of something, I have something that I can stand against, I have something that can take the scapegoat of my problems, I have something that, you know, I can I can really passionately drive myself, and you have a sense of identity, which we in America have put such a sense of value on between, you know, influencers on social media and people that are just creating a platform based solely on this personality. It gives people personality. So uh, yeah, according to the definition, though, like your political identity takes pieces of your actual identity to form your political bias and your political standpoints. The toxic part of it is when people allow that to become their actual identity. Their political Correct. beliefs take over their entire persona. And this is what I find to be the most interesting part. So I'm, I'm going to just uh, slightly adjust what you just said because I was with you up until the very end where you the, – the, the part of taking your uh, – 
personal beliefs and putting it like that's what eventually forms your identity where i think it gets toxic and diverges is tying back to our first episode the difference between conservative and liberals and the fact that once people start to form this identity based on their personal beliefs they very quickly find themselves um, sacrificing certain parts of those beliefs to make sure they're fitting into the overall quote-unquote agenda Absolutely. of one of the two major political parties in this country and that is where I think the real problem is. Because yeah, then you have to hardline everything. You, exactly. have to, you have to draw very hard specific boundaries and then it starts cutting you up as an individual rather than allowing you to be a complete person. It makes you make concessions based on what the group is, uh, what the group mentality is and what the group has either decided or pre-decided before you joined. And much like every other group of three heteronormative white guys, we just repeated the exact same thing to each other in, <laughs> in three different words. But what it comes down to is the, the toxic part and, and at times what can be the scary and dangerous part of any of these political or social biases is the fact that you are rallying and feeling included, but specifically every one of those groups has to have a group that they exclude. And a lot of times the ex exclusion of a group, which is a conservative idea in and of itself, happens to be something that, that becomes reckless and dangerous when put in the hands of someone who's not mentally stable or not, you know, uneasy in some way, I should say. Yeah, usually when you do some cutting out of anything, part of that thing that you cut out is something that you actually need to survive. Like, you know, and especially when you're thinking about the realm of like what political views are supposed to include, like a little bit of here, a little bit of there in order to make you know, rational decisions. When you start cutting things out, you're losing something that's going to come back to bite you in the ass later. And the funniest thing about this for me is that this whole thing that we're talking about right now, this concept, like especially what you just said, Chris, this concept of losing certain elements of yourself because we're all – all of our personalities are the sum total of lots of different things that you know we uh, are either involved in or how we were raised or where we come from, backgrounds, whatever. It's all we're, none of us really come from. No matter again to the three heteronormative white guy you know type of things here, right? None of us really come from. We come from similar backgrounds, sure. but none of them are identical. So. I think what you said, Chris, is really interesting to me, and I'm going to bring comic books into this to relate it very shocking. quickly. Very shocking. Because <laughs> I was literally oh, just, So we're going right into gatekeeper. Oh. I am the key master. I am the gatekeeper. Surrounded <laughs> right into books. it, man. But that was, <laughs> yeah. I was literally just the other day reading, because um, I, like, I, you know, I, I reread comics like constantly. Just like every, I've read them 6,000 times. Like, right. People who are listening to this have probably met you before. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was rereading a Spider-Man comic from a few years ago where the plot the the, the plot of this uh, story arc was he gets uh, he goes back to the original device that created the spider that bit him right and you know chicanery ensues and is that the right word for that it's a great word it, for it's, that. it's a great vocabulary <laughs> word yeah, okay. might be using it wrong but it's, it's there now and you know in you know comic book science takes over and the the machine now splits Peter Parker, Spider-Man into two personalities. Kind of like the clone, but like legit two things, right? One of those personalities is Spider-Man. One of those personalities is strictly Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. And as the story progresses, at first they're just like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, we can live with this. Blah, 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 right? And then, of course, as the story progresses, the main plot point where you realize there starts to be a problem is that the Spider-Man side of him is like reckless and has no sense of responsibility which is what spider-man is known for and the peter parker side of him is like way too you know kind of like 
Uh, it's like the exact opposite. And then they, the, 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 you know, it, it comes to a head when they, when they realize that they can't survive like this, opposing elements of themselves. Their true self is when they're meant to be together. And I think that's just like such a, you know, nerdy and ridiculous <laughs> allegory for like the way political identity works in this country. Yeah, I mean, you do damage when you tear yourself apart. I mean, when you start to exclude, like we talked about, when you start to take things away and start to exclude and stop thinking about it or you immediately start to hate on something, you immediately do damage. I mean, no matter what, like, you know, you're, you're ripping off your nose to spite your face. And when you're, we are the best when we are complete. And we're, even when in our disagreements, you know, we are the best when we are complete. Because at least those disagreements, you know, breed thought and breed contact and breed things that are constantly ripping us apart from each other. So all the spiders belong back together. <laughs> it, it, it gets back to what we were talking about in our last session. Like years and years ago, that last session? <laughs> years and years ago. Thanks for having, your, having your wedding slash honeymoon, right? In Thanks, the middle of moment, we had our moment. Yeah. Um, We've had like six weddings since then. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea that that duality, that yin and yang, especially with, with Matt's lengthy Spider-Man explanation, um, <laughs> the idea that you're having two seemingly contrasting but yet agreeable opinions that you can pull from in every situation means you're you're examining things twice as hard and you're examining things specifically from two different lenses. When you talk about political agenda and party, there's usually one idea that you're rallying against when you're rallying together, but a lot of times there's many. Um, you know, we're living through a time where uh, the Palestine and Israel crisis is at its absolute apex um, and we're starting to notice and you know, in the years of information before Israel's creation, we're starting to understand that we, as the United States, supplied Israel with such a big military budget. So we're being able to examine it now with new facts and new perspectives. So whereas a lot of people in the 60s, 70s, and 80s tended to spoon, uh, were spoon-fed this propaganda against Palestine, now we're able to view it from a different light. And in viewing it from a different light, some people it persuades them one way, some people it persuades them the other, but nobody can argue against the fact that new light and information gives us a second view. And a second view tends to give us a more complete examination of the situation. Yeah, we couldn't them, agree more. We gave them too many Spider-Men. We're only half as good. Only half as good as complete Spider-Man. So we gave them half the number of complete Spider-Man. Then imagine, the people in the 70s and 80s would have been a lot more balanced. In imagine if that was the problem. <laughs> Too many Spider-Man. Like, Too many like, half Spider-Man. Like Too many Israel symbiote. had the symbiote suit. And <laughs> Too many. And it's like, oh, we put them together and it wasn't good. Oh, like Spider-Man 3. We need more anti-venoms. Throw more anti-venoms. It's the exact opposite of like Dragon Ball Z when the fusion is like what is I was just going to I was just going to say it's the exact exact opposite of whatever you just said. <laughs> I flooded the market with the wrong uh, kind of spider Oh, it's like Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Damn, damn. Fucking nerd. Nerd! <laughs> no, but see, it, it's it's so interesting because it's like, you see people, and and, and, and let's, so let's, let, let's actually just also get something out of the way, and this sort of is previewing a future topic. Teasers. Teasers, right? Teasers. Yeah. The idea that this people in this country are as divided as the media will have you believe is like not a hundred percent correct. Right. Do people like that exist? Obviously. We've seen it, we know it's real. But like if you're to believe the narrative around this political discourse and division, that narrative would have you believe that 
you literally can't walk out your front door without right. having a negative interaction with somebody of a differing political view and possibly right. having yeah. it turned violent. That's just simply not the case. Mm. And so for me, what this goes back to is there's the, the way I, you know, Spider-Man story aside, the <laughs> most, <laughs> the realest way that I've seen this uh, actually illustrated, like what we're talking about today, is on an episode of The Newsroom. Uh, have you guys seen The Newsroom? Yes. The Jeff Daniels yeah. show, right, on HBO. Only went for three seasons, like a tragedy that it was canceled as early as it was. Aaron Sorkin show. There was an episode where Jeff Daniels' character was interviewing a uh, campaign manager, I forget exactly what it was, um, and the character was black, and the character was gay. And Jeff Daniels, the whole, there's this whole scene where Jeff Daniels is just like ribbing this guy um, about his support of the, at that time, Republican uh, presidential candidate, which I think it was during like the election with Mitt Romney and Obama, so it was 2012, that election, whatever it was, mm -hmm. right? Um, and he was needling the point where this guy, this campaign manager, was uh, supporting a candidate who was vehemently and openly opposed to just even the concept of homosexuality. He was very vocal about the, I don't, you know, from a Christian whatever perspective, doesn't believe mm -hmm. in it, whatever. Obviously a dumb fucking thing yeah, to as say. As against yeah. as you can, you can be. Exactly. But that same candidate was also a staunch pro-life person. And this campaign manager was also very pro-life. So pro-life that he ignored the fact that this person, this candidate he is supporting, also called what he chose to do with his life and his relationships subhuman like that to me and like it was it was such an incredible scene and like that to me is the like that is political identity at its most toxic where you're willing to sacrifice such a core belief about you because you have another core belief that is just as powerful or whatever but like it it's almost like a logical fallacy yeah like, it really like, is. like the idea that you have uh, you're so pro life that you would be pro the the life that doesn't support your choice and everything because it's it's part of it what's fundamental to who they are as people and that's why whether you go left right you know democrat republican centrist communist whatever an extremist in any regard tends to be the worst of the worst people and those tend to be the people that that do the most destruction to society as a whole Speaking, um, speaking of communists, we're here drinking uh, Soviet-era style whiskey from 3BR Distillery in Keyport, New Jersey. Please go check them out. Follow, like, subscribe, and go drink all of their beers. It's fucking delicious. They're going to sue us for slander for associating them with this podcast. <laughs> so it's not their, it's, don't mix up their political identity with who they are, oh, man. Listen, that's don't, don't, See, that's why I did it. That's, oh, yeah, that's why he did it. Son I'm beautiful. helping him so much. Oh, my God. I... I I helped him with a blatant commercial. Now my my capitalism and my identity are clashing. Political and, political partying on a Soviet Sunday, oh, baby. Coming soon to the Review Soviet Podcast Sunday. Network. Sunday. Coming that's soon to the Review Podcast Network. My God. So what it what it comes down to is when you're in the situation where you are part of a group and you're rallying against. So in in your less Spider Man example um, of of a black homosexual man. Uh, siding with the Republican Party uh, or a Republican candidate who happens to be very conservative and pro-life but anti-gay marriage. It's um, that, that mentality, going back to last episode, was 
really adds to the idea of being a part of a group and this inclusionary feeling that we all feel when we are part of a group. And that, that sense of self-sacrifice mostly stems from the idea that you, <laughs> mostly stems from the idea that you want to be part of something or more specifically, you don't want to have the majority against you. If you feel like that's majority, it can be anything from how you were raised, where you were raised, some choice that you made when you were young, things that affect it. it, it will have you ignore your true self to rally again, to rally with it. Which is like a bigger issue, like just in humanity, in this country in general to begin yeah. with. Like too many people, too many people feel that way. Like, are you that either insecure or whatever about yourself that you just, you need to be fucking accepted? Like in every, it just, you know, I, like I'm not wired that way. I know you guys aren't either. So right. that's why we can have these kind of conversations, but I know people that are wired that way, and I sometimes just think, like, bro, like you're you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. I mean, at some point, you have to think that people who are wired that way have had a conversation with themselves to where they're they came to a decision where their internal self said, a "Stupid decision. Is it yeah. worth it? Is this decision worth sacrificing everything?" And something inside them told them, "Yes, it is." Yeah, I think and, I think I I disagree. The problem is they haven't had that. That's what I was gonna say. I feel no. like they haven't had no that because it's a conscious choice. It's a con. We're talking. We, we go is, back to that. Is it a conscious manager. choice if you're if you're born in a Christian household where you're only taught the Word of God and that's all you know from birth till seven, eight, nine, ten years old and everything? You think you're making a choice to believe in God? You think you're making a choice to have that feeling? No, in the but back when of your you mind? go backwards and that you you choose something that completely conflicts with you know some core part of you, then you choose again and again to make that choice. I so, think it's part of who you are at that point. But that's what I mean. Right. You right. have to that's, stand up for that part of who you are. Or letting it slide tells us something entirely different about you. Yeah. That you're willing to sacrifice core beliefs for what's going on at the time. Or a sense of identity. And also, I think it's like interesting, that whole point. is like Because, you know, Corey, you just said it. Like Sometimes you, you have what you consider core beliefs, but you don't even realize where they've come from because... Like you said, a lot of it is part of how you're raised. Sometimes they're not even your own beliefs. They're beliefs that were forced on you based on your upbringing. Oh, they're, they're disguised under the word traditions. I've also heard it referred to as an initial prejudice. If I, if I um, feel a certain way or, or initially believe that you know minority group or social group X um, is predisposed to event Y... I, I can change that in my mind when I think about it and when I re-examine it, but what I, I, it's exceedingly difficult to do is change that initial perception. Yeah. Like that's where your mind goes. And this is, and so, so this is the interesting part of this conversation because you know, the, you know you, we, can, we can talk all day long about where the, the idea of a political identity comes from and how people have their identity shaped uh, in this regard. But a lot of it comes from, here's what I don't want to talk about, a lot of it comes from society as a whole when you look at things like, so here, here's a perfect example, and this is one that, you know, it pains my, my soul to say because, like, I will die on the hill that buddy cop movies are some of the best genre of movies ever. <laughs> Lethal Weapon, like that whole genre of Star movies. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chewie and Star Han. Wars is yeah. a buddy cop movie. Yeah, Chewie and Han, right? Yeah. Star 
Yeah. But like, you know, you watch, you know, you, you, you watch all of the things that we see, right? Whether it's in movies, TV, or even like the bullshit shows like Cops and Live PD or whatever, and you're, and you're made to believe a certain thing based on how it is. And I grew up, like a lot of people did, being like, oh yeah, man, like cops are fucking awesome. Like they're, they're just here to protect us and blah, blah. And then as soon as I like actually, you know, thought about it <laughs> for a minute, met a few cops after being pulled over a few times, sure. and just like, wow, <laughs> like I was incorrect. So again, the cop discussion is a whole other episode, but I'm just talking about how so many things in society are designed to make us think a certain way, and so many of those things are designed to make us think a certain way politically. If only there was a word to describe those things, like a like a like a propaganda kind of word. <laughs> a, a propaganda kind of word. <laughs> something easily printed. Something on, like a propaganda. Sheets of paper that can be hung up somewhere. <laughs> Just dropping flyers from the planes as they go through. <laughs> But Von Drago's picture that's, on things. That's something when you when you start to look at what the what the benefit or or what the the lucrative factor of having uh, having a large group that identifies a certain way is is man you can monetize that identity right it circles like back crazy. to the winner's circle the winner's so, group somebody's making money off of if these you can put it on a t-shirt it's worth yeah, saying off yep. of these flags that have like a thin blue line on them somebody's Ugh. making money off of like trump flags somebody's making money off of those uh the flag i have in my front yard that says like like we believe in science and black lives matter and all that yeah. <laughs> all that stuff somebody made money off of that i knew it and was the flag companies that were buying and it's this. probably yeah, not it's probably not the Black Lives Matter movement. It's probably more, or it's more likely some company that has the licensing rights to print those. Well, because you also saw it too. Like the, speaking of that in particular, the the person that was one of the founders of the official movement, she yeah. took a lot of heat a few months ago. She yep. bought like a three million dollar yep. mansion, you know, whatever, yep. in like a very white neighborhood of yeah. Los Angeles County. <laughs> which, <laughs> which she, had that money. Which she, that money she is certainly she was independently very wealthy prior to um, the Black Lives Matter right. movement. But she, you know, is she, now. Is she now. welcome to spend her money however she wants? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, she is. Is there, is there a certain group or subgroup that is always going to view, oh, yeah. view that decision as betrayal? Is yep. there a group that's going to um, see that as some sort of contradictory statement? I mean, legally, she's allowed to do exactly what. Man, it's really bad that we Optics. don't know her name. <laughs> can we? Can we just superimpose every time I say she? Trees calm colors. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, listen, we do, we do, like, you know, moderate to yeah. less than moderate research. Oh, this just kind of came up. I it's mean, a, it's a, it's a page of research. Yeah. I'm not doing oh. more, but I'm not doing less. Wait, we we all have phones, we right? Do have phones. We? <laughs> yeah, I should share my research yeah. with you guys. <laughs> Um, no, but see, so okay, so this is this is where I this is interesting because this is what I really want to talk about. The the we we've talked about what it is to have a political identity and how generally fucking stupid it is. But let's talk about the real life consequences that this has led to. And I think what you just said, Corey, is one of the most obvious and apparent consequences of this is that it leads to a I can't think of the right term here. Echo chamber is not the right term, but it's like almost having like an army of goons at the ready to publicly butcher somebody, most likely over social media, as sure. the way things go nowadays, when they do something like that. Because I completely agree with you. The the black, her name? Patrice Conn-Color. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I completely agree with you, Corey, that, you know, she's like, hey, 
I've done this thing. I've got money. My money is my money, and I'm going to go buy right. this big-ass mansion. I completely support that. But to your point, obviously, that's going to piss a bunch of people off because sure. there are enough people that view her in a certain way. Like, how dare you do this in a white community sure. with this money? That's not what this you're supposed to stand for. But it's also, like, it's also important to always remember that she is not wrong for her choices, yep. and they are not wrong for feeling a certain way about her. Yep. The problem that we constantly run into is we oh. just sort of softball lob no. you. Uh, the, the media uh, really encourages us not to coexist with those two ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's probably going to be one of the big bullet, yeah, bullet points of, of this whole discussion is the idea that there is a huge media influence and obviously just people in general that profit off of it off of having us not agree with one another. It's optics. It's so well I have to reference an episode of South Park. These guys are yeah, on top buddy. of their shit all yeah. the time. If you go back to one of their superhero related episodes, Coon and Friends, right? <laughs> their their uh, their arch villain, right, hires a bunch of kids to take whatever happens and on social media they just start busting out random opinions opposite to what the the truth is so it's it, it's akin to like black lives matter founder buys multi-million dollar home right. now it could be yeah had the money yeah house for sale but they twist it online and they're hired to do so right they're all just hired to 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 change the optics of something that's supposed to be really good. The the more the more you touch him and try to stop him from wagging <laughs> I'm so, his tail, I'm, we're recording. Don't worry, he's gonna do it. You know when you pet a dog, your tail <laughs> We're record, We're recording at Matt's house, and uh, his dog, who is nothing but a darling angel, uh, continues to bop around with his loud collar and tail that yeah. I'm sure you can hear. For those of you that don't know how Jordan, how Jordan has a, a tail made out of steel it just he he bangs it against everything and it doesn't bother him in the slightest that's it he's gonna sit down it's gonna be glorious yep, he's, he's making he's making a he's circles. making a big plop oh boy what an what an act plop. break right <laughs> fucking a come on Hal. it's just, exactly what we need oh Hal, and touch oh no he's close <laughs> oh, little fake up. little fake out just oh, coming down just plop Landed. Touchdown. Yeah. There we go. You did it, buddy. Good what job. What a good guy. Good a job. beautiful creature. So um, this is a great natural break to go back to a point that you had stated earlier, which is a common problem on both ends with with uh, having, a, having a specific identity wrapped up is gaslighting. Um, I think all of us here are a fan of um, what could probably be put under the umbrella of niche activities. Um, between old school comic collecting and Dungeons and Dragons and uh, a few of our other nerd type proclivities. Um, do either of you want to speak to gaslighting in those uh, those yeah. contexts? I want to talk about monetizing the t-shirt nerd type proclivities. Okay, um, so I'm going to I'm going to give you a good like 45 second setup and everything. And uh, you're I'm going to get that t-shirt made nerd type proclivities. Okay. I mean, so you want to talk about gaslighting? No, no, no. It's fine. You talk about what you want. No, no, no. We're going to talk about gaslighting. <laughs> Um, by the way, one of the best bars that I've been to in a long time uh, back in my college days in South Orange was the Gaslight. So, <laughs> I mean, I hope this is still around there. They were great. I mean, listen, it's, you know, there's so much money in just causing problems. There's so yeah. much money in someone lighting fires up. There's so much money in it to, and, and to bring negative attention. There's so much information in the world and the fact that 
there's a whole industry based on people just taking information and twisting it is a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's no real way at this point when you type in like anything on an internet search site to really get into what's true and what's sure. false because big companies pay billions of dollars to gaslight other companies. I mean, so like, where does the real information really kick in? I mean, you really have to do your research. I mean, and this is going to sound totally off topic. I work at Stumpy's, working in Axtone Place. And one of our biggest competitors right now pays... Obviously, Republican police. <laughs> so one of our biggest competitors just bought out. When you type in Stumpy's on a search engine today, one of our competitors comes up. Like that, the first website that comes up is Wait, that's not who ours. bought Stumpy's? What? That's who bought Stumpies. No. So oh. one of our competitors, a well-established competitor to Stumpy's, they bought out the rights to... If you type in Stumpy's Hatchet Throne yeah. right now, our website doesn't come up first. Oh, right. fuck. So, I mean, they, they bought, the, you know, they did whatever. I can't wait for the offshoot podcast called, like, Stumpy's Drama or whatever. <laughs> no, that's, that's not going to happen. So, but, I mean, that's Call just... it down to the stump. <laughs> Stumped? Stumped? Stumped. It could, be Stumped. A, it could also be a trivia show. Stumped we could do a trivia prospects. show called Stumped. Oh, man. <laughs> So, like, Beat the Geek. Remember Beat the Geek? Oh, my God. I love Beat the that Geek. That was, like, an intelligent show. We could be smart about side, that. Side tangent. Side, side, side. Be- Beat the Geek was a, a show from the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, they said they were going to wear back. Where it was... It was I've you- never heard of this show. Oh, oh my God. So, it was a trivia show <laughs> you would where love three it. contestants, like... It played a Jeopardy style game of random general knowledge. Okay, and but at, it was it was like nerd trivia, okay. specifically and at, like. And yeah. at some point, if you won those rounds, you got to challenge a pantheon of geek related experts, and you'd have to go toe to toe in their category, like radio, wow. television, like whatever. And you had to go against them in their category to beat the geek. But they they could be like it was a different panel every week, and it could be like. Star Wars. Yeah. And you just got to go up against somebody that was like, what was Princess Leia's like cell block number? Dude, so I had a I had a very traumatizing experience with this just last week. I posted on the podcast page because I went to the opening of the Smod Castle, uh, which is Kevin Smith's new place, you know, up in, uh, in, in Leonardo next to the Quick Stop. And I went to go uh, for an I Sell Comics thing with, with Ming and Mike, the comic book men. There was going to be a trivia night. Okay. And I didn't realize that Mike Zapsik wrote all the trivia questions. And I'm coming in. It's like, you know, like pop culture nurture. And I'm walking in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking destroy this trivia. I, I, I got all this shit, like, on lock, right? But Mike Zapsik is like a walking encyclopedia of this kind of trivia knowledge. And I'm walking in thinking I'm going to do great. The very first question that he asked in a five-round trivia is, what was the name of Dick Grayson's aunt on the 1960s Adam West Batman show. Oh, Beatrice. No. <laughs> Wait, could you imagine if I knew that shit? Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, Chris, can you Google? Because I think it might have actually Is it really? Oh, way. Beatrice, like... Fuck it. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm sitting there. That's the first question. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I thought I was, like, coming in and I was going to sweep everybody. And how many people, I bet, I bet sit there and watch that and are on the edge of the seat like, no, you... you fat nerd it's uh yeah right exactly it's Beatrice man I hope it's Beatrice well because I got one of the questions one of the next questions was what was the first um the first super villain that Spider-Man ever faced in the comic books and I guess I don't know I'm more of a mark for Spider-Man than most people are but I was like instantly like obviously it's the chameleon but I could hear grunts and groans in the crowd because yeah. they didn't know and I'm the one sitting there going you fucking idiots how do you yeah. not know that chameleon yeah. is the first villain that Spider-Man well you dumbasses and it, is it Beatrice no, well, so wait. What was the? What, I, I was uh, looking you to the, Dick Dick Grayson's aunt 
aunt, however you want to say it, if you're pretentious or whatever, okay. in the <laughs> wow <laughs> in in the in the 1960s Adam West Batman show. Do you say aunt or aunt? I say aunt. Sorry, you're pretentious. No, I, I I think I say aunt most of the time. If, I say I'm, aunt if I'm thinking about it, I'll say aunt. Yeah, if I say aunt, I'm a little high. I say aunt. It's it's like it's like pecan and, and pecan and everything. <laughs> if I'm thinking about it, I'll say pecan because that's how the word is pronounced. But if I'm like if I'm doing if I'm hanging out with Campbell and I'm sitting there like yeah whatever Bachikaloop and everything like <laughs> Bachikaloop, <laughs> Harriet Cooper. <laughs> Harriet, okay. Oh, Harriet, Harriet. Beatrice. It's oh, like, man. This is, they're both like Golden Girl names. It's you like used the word Bachkaloop when I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I say, I, I will go, I will say, let me get a pecan. If it's just a single individual nut. Pecan. But if it's a pie, it's a pecan pie. I had a, I had a, a very aggressive lesbian one time say, Peca- pecan, you stop saying it like that. And I have, I've really made a conscious effort since. Yeah, wow. <laughs> See, and, th- and this, this, is a, this is a great segue into the conversation. I'm a pecan, you're a pecan. Well, and, and that's, well, we can talk I, about it when we're identify. talking about the same kind of pie. <laughs> I identify as a pecan. <laughs> but that's, but that's where, but that, we always back to our, our main point. Um, that's where political identity can be at its, at its simplest, like, haha, having a laughing conversation and shrugged off, which is what. I, people, I, these, I call people communists on a regular basis. Yeah. Dude, these conversations end up 95% of the time in agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, right. We agree to disagree. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing, there's wrong, nothing wrong with that. So, and that's the point. It's you're going to take me. these hard line boundaries, you're going to de- I can see your point. You can see mine. We agree to disagree. Yeah. But we're meant to be put at war with each other. That draws these very, very static, permanent lines that drive people yeah. apart. Yeah, and that's the real issue with political identity is that people, people it, it, it's bad enough to, to have it and to stick to it in such a way that it becomes a fault for you because like we said before you're so wrapped up in the agenda and the platform of your political party that you're willing to make concessions for things that you might not believe in but the real the biggest issue with it is that it's so easy and it is constantly on a daily basis weaponized yep. right well and weaponized used for profit yes. weaponized used for for profit through optics with the help of social media like all of these things are like what well, WMD1 WMD2 WMD3 push the button push the button push the button well and it it speaks to something we had spoken about earlier in the podcast is so many people want that sense of popularity it's it's a, it's a desired lifestyle at this point yep to have a following to be an influencer even the name in and of itself shows that you are influencing people um, I wrote down a couple of uh, a couple of fun lists or uh, fun examples of uh, I I have heard for the last eight maybe nine years this giant war on Christmas idea. And oh God! And, and keep it, the Christ in Christmas. Well, and it's it's something that as far back as I can remember, I and mean, as far back as you can go with movies and and stories from people that are obviously a lot of decades older than us. It's this idea of, of sensationalism in Christmas and this oh, walking down the streets in New York and seeing the decorated windows and, and Thanksgiving is associated with these large floats that are just for companies <laughs> and brands and things. It's, it's this idea that things like capitalism have been permeating Christmas as far back as we can remember as, as, a, as the United States that you, you, you feel like 
people who are trying to include more like broaden broaden names or or say uh, happy holidays instead of merry christmas are trying to broaden it to be accepted by more people it's this idea that you're changing what christmas was yep. when there's four different descriptions of what christmas is whether you you believe about like the the catholic saint nicholas or or the Scandinavian oh wait, yeah. didn't write the Scandinavian guy down that used to give gifts and everything. There's there's just all these different <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete the Scandinavian yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh Pete Claus. O- Olaf. Olaf the Scandinavian <laughs> present bringer. But but the but the idea that that, be an Olaf. that we in this current generation, right now, at this moment, are what's are what's really fucking up Christmas. We can swear on this, right? Really fucking up Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the Review Podcast Network is made for children. Is, is TVG. Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Yeah, TVY7 here. Um, but, but the idea that, that right now it builds off of this, this incendiary idea that right now this group is trying to mess up your Christmas so, yes, so. and everything, and that so I, that was a uh, something I wanted. No, to No, that's do. such an awesome example because like that that is the kind of shit that like hardline political identity leads to because it's because it, 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 sometimes it, it it's every bit as much about this is what I believe as it is they're trying to change my beliefs type right. of thing. And like you said before, Chris, it's all designed to pit you against. Like the, if you've ever spent time with a truly Christian, Catholic, religious family on Christmas time and a family like mine who are, you know, Catholic, quote-unquote, by definition, sure. but haven't been to fucking church except for a funeral in two decades. Which we, we, right? you could say practicing Catholic exactly. versus practicing, lapsed Catholic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm certainly uh, lapsing, if barely that. Um, but th- those... You're, oh, you're a lapsing Catholic? I didn't know they got that specific. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Those types of Christmases are drastically different. Like, I, I don't care about Jesus's firstborn and the frankincense and myrrh and all those motherfuckers coming in on the horses. But you the, know about it. Oh, you know whoa, about whoa, whoa. It, right? They came on camels. <laughs> it's horse. in the nativity yeah. scene. <laughs> oh Listen, you fucking... They didn't have horses in Jerusalem. (laughs) See, but that's what it is. This unknown voice from the darkness says, hey, we can't offend anybody anymore. You can't say, you know, Merry Christmas, you gotta say Happy Holidays. Who says that? So what voice from the shadows came out and said that we... Listen, you don't want to offend anybody, you know, and it totally clicks in everybody's, like, preventative minds that I don't want to offend anybody. But where does that voice come from? It comes from these internet clots, like, hanging on to everything. So this is is our first podcast, which... No, this is first like real time referencing our, our first podcast. And I love how Corey just had to touch me. Oh yeah, he, he's, he's like, like oh, uh, let me let me get I, I, I was about to explode. <laughs> I, I wanted to explode. I want. Um, but this idea that I feel more comfortable saying Happy Holidays. Oh, I think that that's inclusionary inclusion inclusionary of Muslim community, the the Jewish community, and everything. Even though I am a practicing or non practicing atheist, uh, however laps. you. <laughs> A lapsing atheist. I'm a lapse atheist. I just believe the hell out of God. All of them. Give me, me all of them. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but if you say Merry Christmas to me, I I mean, I obviously know you well enough to know that you celebrate Christmas. I, I think there's very few people that I've experienced, which is limited, that, that get offended by that. But the idea that these, these two ideas of Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays can't coexist with mm-hmm. each other 
is is the real division. But that's I my should... point. The point is I'm tripping over my words come December. I don't know what to say to anybody. You say Merry Christmas, they say Happy Holidays. You go, oh, sorry, Happy you, Holidays. Because, so why because do I you, say, you say what comes from your heart and you appreciate I said that comes from if I said what comes from my heart I have a lot less people talking about it. <laughs> so this is so this is so this what Corey just said is I, I very much agree with his sentiment on this and I think it is a perfect segue into our next episode about um, just social media and like freedom of speech type of things because I, I, I'm with you, Corey. I generally say happy holidays to people, not because I have any strong feeling about it one way or the other. It's just like what I like to say. It's mo- it mostly comes from the fact that like because I don't so fervently celebrate the Christ and Christmas, but I do celebrate Christmas, I just say happy holidays. Are. But in the same regard, I very often also find myself saying Merry Christmas. And in every single scenario where I've said Merry Christmas to people that I know for a fact do not celebrate Christmas, not a single one of them has been offended. Right. They either respond with Merry Christmas True. or Happy whatever the fuck they celebrate. And guess what? I don't fucking care either. You want to come and say Happy Happy Hanukkah to me? Awesome. I do not fucking care. So this, for me, all circles back to this idea of political identity fueled by our next episode issue social media and media in general pre-programmed response all of catch this, it in your podcast app <laughs> like 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 the majority of this shit that that tells us that we're being offensive by saying merry christmas to a jewish person or by saying happy hanukkah to somebody that's muslim right sure. the idea that that exists so prevalently yes. pre- prevalently that's not a word you know what i meant prevalently, it's prevalently is it's absolutely a word, a word. Okay, i wasn't sure yeah Miriam Webster says it right anyway the idea my girl mavis beacon confirms the idea that that exists in, in, in such a manner as the media will have us believe i think is complete and utter bullshit. Which circles back to what I was saying before about political identity. The, no, there's not like war, civil war. There's not a fucking civil war happening anytime. Yeah. But just stop it. Just I like stop. how I like how you turned into one of the bushwhackers. You started yeah, you really your arms above your head. He's like, really getting like pre-entering but, the ring, Ultimate Warrior oh, right now. I, for this next <laughs> like episode, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna show up eight drinks in for the next episode so that we can talk about the, the you know Christmas in general. Oh yeah, my god, firing away. But it, but here's the thing, I know you well enough to know that that's an issue you are passionate about. I don't think you're willing to die for it. No, I'm not. But I know it's an issue that you feel a certain way and you're passionate about. No, I just don't want to sound like an idiot and being corrected by everybody who says whatever they want to me. That's all. That's it. Well, yeah, no, I. But that's like that's part of the problem, though. A lot of those people that the here's just what I'll say. I, I I say a lot of. We can save it to the next thing. Yeah, save it to the no, next. No, no, no. It's not even that thing. I was gonna say like I, I say a lot of uncouth things sometimes. No, no. But they, they, but people that know me know that none of it comes from a place of like actual malice or anything oh, no. like that. Sure, sure. But but you also speak to the people that you know and that you are comfortable with. We tend to treat as we should treat our inner circle perhaps differently than we treat other right. people. Right. Got a lot of and, circles around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so many circles. <laughs> you're like you're like ring mail with how many circles you have. Circle back. We're gonna circle back. We're gonna circle. We'll circle but, back. But that's but that's the thing is we tend to find it, we tend to be more or less sensitive when it's someone close to us. If my son became a my son, if if my yeah, offspring, the son you don't have, yeah, <laughs> if my offspring became it's like a time traveling um, X Man, this passionately like fascist pro government like. 
I'd probably be more critical of him than some bozo in, in Bozeman, Montana. I just love the fact that you said fascist pro-government. That makes me so happy. Fascismo! Because all, all of these people that think that by voting for a certain political party, you'll get rid of fascism. You're just oh like... God. It's oh. so... <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Well, it's and that's be a great and, one. And, and to put to put an umbrella over a lot of the stuff that we talked about, the idea of inclusionary politics or exclusionary politics, which we've also touched on, is is good and bad when it's a when it's within a group context. Yeah. Yep. When the government um, becomes involved in it, it becomes very bad. When the media flies their flag on it. It becomes the world that we live in today, yes. which is which is there are. I mean, this sounds like the most like uh, 20, 21, 20, like 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 anti twenty one. You go back like to like um, like anti government, like hack the co- corporations. But like that's the thing is, there's corporations that profit off of it. There's people that are in government not to make change, but to make money. Dude, so, so I would say most politicians most politicians, right. no, and, most politicians the, are on somebody's take, somebody's the, payroll. And yeah. the, if we're, we're fighting to to too. if we're fighting amongst ourselves, we're never looking skyward at what the real problem is. Yep. And in, in this new post wedding version of a political party. <laughs> oh, you mean consistency. <laughs> consistency. <laughs> Monthly consistency. Some something I hope that we, we touch on episode to episode is this idea that when we are fighting amongst ourselves and we are arguing at which which side is worse, we're never really looking up at what the real problem is, which is we have a government that doesn't work and we have corporations that, that pay our government to not work. And we're going to start identifying these assholes. If you're one yeah. of these assholes and you happen to be listening to this, we're going to We're coming for you, DeSantis, yeah, I, I you also, broke motherfucker. I also like how, you, I like how you open up the umbrella after 45 minutes of acid rain. I'm going to put an umbrella on this and say this one thing. That's after we're like opening our mouths to the shit that we're spewing. Oh, and, and we're like, yeah, well, hey, we got one of these umbrellas. Dude, this is so much fun. This, this podcast is exactly <laughs> what I wanted it to be yeah. because... Both the, me and Corey and me and you, Chris, we always had side, separate political conversations. Chris and I, normally when we're drunk, me and Corey just all day sharing Literally memes. every minute. <laughs> just like, Start it the other way. Just the most ridiculous shit. And like, it was actually Chris's idea. It was like, we just started a podcast. Oh, he gave like, me credit! Yeah. Oh, shit, he did it! I was, like, I, was like, I was like, I already got six. I was like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, let's do like a, a political podcast. I was like... That's a great idea. I was like, but here's the thing. I was like, the best podcasts have like three, three, three people. people are the best. Is the three or three or four is the best thing. And, and, af- like, and after 15 people, the best you could do. <laughs> we called everybody else and they were all unavailable. We called and everybody we else and they were busy. <laughs> we got Corey DeMarco and Hal Jordan <laughs> as uh, part of the circle. <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted. I love Me it. Too. So listen, I think we did it. We did a pretty good job of talking about what the idea of the concept of political identity is. Reminder, it's different than identity politics. I think the two are not the same. I had a lot of fun with this conversation. Uh, You guys tell us what you think. If you want, either on... Well, we we don't have a video because we didn't get a chance to go to the studio today. So we'll be videoing going forward. But uh, on the social media, Review Podcast Network on Instagram, uh, the Review Podcast Network on uh, YouTube, obviously we're on all platforms, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I fucking hate Apple. doesn't matter. (laughs) Go listen to us there. Uh, We had a lot of fun. We'll come back with some more episodes later. Guys, any final thoughts? Political party on, Chris. (laughs) 
Party on, Wayne. Party on, guys. Oh, man. I, I, set, I set you up with this beautiful off the glass alley. I'm not helping you at all. Merry no. Christmas, Corey. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And on that note, we'll see you guys next time.